Hi, everybody. Welcome again. It's so wonderful to have everybody here. We had a, a really good advisory board meeting earlier today. Uh, I want to thank Steve Raphael for a fabulous presentation on criminal justice. I, I think the takeaway line from that, so everybody has the takeaway line, was Steve, correct me if I'm wrong, but basically at the margin when we incarcerate somebody in this state, we pay let's say $1 for moments of incarceration, it's actually $50,000 for the whole year, but for $1 that we pay, we get about 10 cents worth of crime prevention and, and benefit, is that about right? So, so basically, uh, that by the way, I did a cost benefit study for higher education in this state, and we came to the conclusion that for every dollar you put into higher education, you get about $4.50 worth of benefit. So by that standard, uh, you get a lot more benefit from higher education than you do from putting another person in prison. And that cost-benefit analysis that Steve talked about doesn't even count the fact that maybe you're ruining lives and causing other kinds of disruptions and problems for people. So um, criminal justice is certainly an area where some reform would be useful. What was so great about Steve's talk was how much just good sense he brought to it and a lot of knowledge about the details of the process. So, and I like to think that's what we do with GSPP. We take hard problems, we think hard about them, uh, we try to get the evidence, and then we lay it out carefully so that everybody can see exactly what's going on and can make their own judgments. And I just think that's such a tremendous good thing to be done, especially in a society where sometimes people seem to ignore the evidence and, and not really think hard enough about problems. Now it is frustrating that people don't listen sometimes to the evidence, uh, but we keep trying and I'd link at the margin, uh, people do get it. Steve, for example, was an advisor to uh, um, the uh, Attorney General of the State of California, Kamala Harris, and uh, I think helped her think through realignment. So a lot of our faculty members are, are doing that kind of work, which is really important. Okay. So now we're to the student speaker. Our student speaker tonight is a second year Masters of Public Policy candidate, Alex Marcusi. Did I do it, Alex? I did it, Marcusi, okay. Uh, you, you have to completely ignore how it's spelled. Alex's policy focuses on the impact of local policy on affordable housing, uh, real estate development, and financial inclusion. Um, he's also a second-generation GSPP student. Um, yes. He's the son of alumna Shelley Geshen, who I actually taught a few years ago. Um, and Shelley uh, was a, a wonderful student when she was here in the early 80s, uh, and she's continued to be affiliated with the school so she's now a member of our alumni board, and we really appreciate that. And Alex, someday we hope to welcome you to the board as a second generation alumni board member. But right now, he's a second generation GSPP student. It's wonderful to have you here. Uh, by the way, we don't have legacies, so he had to do it completely on the merits and did so in striking fashion. And in fact, my memory from the admissions uh, committee that year was that he was one of the absolute superstars and that's been borne out by what he's done at GSPP. So uh, he's done it uh, all on his merit and he is extraordinary. Um, so he is 
our student speaker tonight. So without further ado, let me welcome him to the speakership up here. Come on up. And let's get a picture of this too. So welcoming the second generation. Thank you. <laughs> we'll get some more later, but this is great. It's good. It's so good to have you here. Appreciate it. Uh, I am a second generation GSPP student, and I need to take a moment and say, hi, mom. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, so um, I first want to say it's such an honor to be here. You could have really chosen almost any student, oh, let me say any student, actually, from my class to come up and talk about the GSPP experience. Uh, I thought I'd share a little bit about what brought me here today. I thought I'd share a little bit about the inspiration I found from the classes and my classmates uh, and give a few thoughts for the future. So the end of my story about why I came to GSPP was that I was working in a few policy areas and I just kept running into the problem of policies that aimed to help people but really in the end did nothing but cause more harm. Uh, and as all good stories start, this one was in New York, uh, I moved there after teaching English in Morocco and I started work at a welfare agency. And I thought, you know, I'm really gonna make a difference. The job was to improve programs for the chronically unemployed in New York, the people who really had the hardest time trying to find jobs. So disconnected youth, people who are just out of prison, you name it, we were trying to help them. And it was uh, a challenging experience to say the least. We, uh, you know, the job sounded clean and clear on a resume, but the day-to-day -day really taught me the meaning of what a structural disaster is. I was asked to interview applicants for one of maybe two programs we had that really worked, and I had to turn away 90% of them. And I was 22, what did I know about who was gonna be successful in the program? I met mothers who couldn't keep jobs because it meant paying more in child support than they would make in a week. I met kids my own age who had made some of the same stupid mistakes I made as a teenager, but they spent years in jail and I got a job in New York. I met homeless veterans who were constantly at risk of losing their benefits because they had no address to get their notices. So sufficiently jaded, I moved on to education. I said, you know what, kids, that's the answer. If we get that right, it's all gonna fall like dominoes. And um, I split my time working on data and compliance, and I also had a portfolio of schools in the greater New York area where I would go and I would try to help administrators with the nuts and bolts of actually running a school. And so, you know, I had a lot of fun. I negotiated garbage contracts with some of New York's finest potential mobsters. I fought with local governments over funding allocations. I, uh, in one of my crowning achievements, I actually found a school food vendor who had locally sourced kale and the greatest tater tots I've ever had in my entire life. So this felt exhilarating. I was doing policy. This was like the dream, right? And um, unfortunately, I was faced, just like in welfare, with the reality that poorly implemented or poorly designed policies are often even worse for people than nothing at all. I, um, was really proud in the beginning to have helped start a brand new middle school in one of the poorest and most underserved and most violent neighborhoods in Newark, New Jersey. And then I had the displeasure of seeing it all fall to pieces. Within a few months, we couldn't afford enough guidance counselors to give individual counseling to all the students of murdered parents. The principal couldn't handle the stress and just stopped showing up one day. We had young teachers who would come into my office when I was there on Wednesdays and Fridays and they would cry 
and they would take a moment and they would try to breathe and they would try to find the courage to get up and actually keep teaching. The defining heartbreak though was that we had uh, a single bus stop where a lot of our middle schoolers were getting robbed and they were getting jumped. And I made a call to the Newark Police Department. I said, can you do anything? They say, no, it's the transit authority's jurisdiction. So I called the transit authority. They didn't even pick up the phone. So one day, uh, a grandfather had had enough and he gave his grandson a pocket knife. It said, use it for protection, don't show anybody. And he was 11, so he went to school and he showed every single one of his friends. A teacher saw and we had to expel him the next day. So these experiences led me to apply to GSPP. I thought I had the passion, I thought I had the drive, I thought I knew I wanted to make a difference, but I didn't have the skills, the breadth of knowledge that I really thought I needed to make a difference on a larger scale. And I was lucky to get here. They have no legacy admissions, and I'm very unhappy about that. <laughs> so what is the core of GSPP given to me? Um, well, instead of simplistic answers, it's uh, given me more shades of gray about the world than I ever knew existed. Instead of anecdotes and beliefs, I've learned to rely on statistics and causal inference. Instead of thinking I could fix society's problems, if only people gave me the power, I've learned to accept my own ignorance humbly and to ask for help freely. The electives I took really have changed my interests as well. Um, I did education and I did welfare and I thought I'll just keep doing those in grad school. And then I took um, probably the hardest class in my entire life with Mr. Larry Rosenthal on urban policy. It nearly killed me, but it opened up a whole new world about urban theory and all of that and really inspired me to keep thinking about those issues. The next semester, I took a class with the former city manager of Oakland, Dan Lindheim, who inspired me to think about city management as a career, which I would have never thought of before. And so I really think that GSVP is at its best when you have both world-class academics and world-class practitioners. And I really hope that for the future, GSPP continues to hire both and that you continue to educate your students in both. Um, so I was trying to think about what the general experience of GSPP is like for all the students here. And it's, it's absolutely impossible to do. We're too diverse. We come from too many different places. We have too many different talents. We care about too many different types of issues. Um, and as a brief aside on the topic of diversity, I want to take a moment to thank Dean Brady and the administration for having a lot of effort towards increasing a uh, diverse faculty. Um, but I do want to say that we recently um, had to choose faculty members as advisors and as mentors. And when you only have one woman or one faculty member of color, I think we still have a ways to go. And I really look forward to watching the administration keep working on this because I know their heart's in the right place and I know that they're gonna keep making progress. But GSPP students, we are a diverse crowd. And to summarize it is impossible. I tried, I, you know, I ended up trying to think about what makes us different from most other graduate programs or students of graduate programs. And I came up with three universal characteristics, so I thought. Uh, a passion for trying to solve problems with no clear answers. A curiosity for trying to understand how the world really works, not just how people tell us it works. A sense of activism and purpose to actually get something done. And one of the ways you can see this GSPP spirit is though we are dedicated to making a change on the largest levels of society, we are still dedicated to our local communities and to everything directly around us. I've been part of a, forming a housing and urban policy student group that is trying to advocate for stronger tenant protections in Oakland. 
Um, there are students who are fighting alongside local advocates in favor of referenda to tax soda and fight obesity in Berkeley and in San Francisco. Please go vote. Uh, there's a group of students who are working on a UC task force to uh, help prevent and respond to issues of sexual violence on college campuses. And then there's another new student group thinking about privilege and policy that is working to improve outcomes for adolescents involved in the criminal justice system in Stockton, which is also incredibly good work. So uh, the last thing I want to talk about is that one of the other universal things about GSPP is that it changes people. Um, for me, it's been about feeling like I've found a home in the Bay Area, which has been an incredible source of comfort. It's been about realizing that so much of what I was interested in less was less individual policy areas and more thinking about holistic communities and institutions and how the built environment affects all of this. And then finally, I think the most surprising thing is that I've, I've found my passion and I've found a passion to actually want to speak and to have a voice. If you would have found me a few years ago, you could not have convinced me to like speak up in a meeting with my boss, to give a presentation, or God forbid to give a speech. It would have never happened. So in closing, I want to say thank you for your support for this great institution. Thank you for your continued leadership and your continued commitment. Uh, and I want to say most importantly, thank you in advance for thinking about us in May when 80 of the most talented, committed, inspiring people graduate and are ready to get to work. Thank you.